Ultimately, marketing is, is always going to exist. People are going to need to sell, promote products to, to different generations. But I do also think they have it tough, but that's that's more kind of their place in the world right now and how they yeah. view the world um, and stuff like that is, is very different. And you see it in the workplace as well. You know, it, it affects me not just in the... I've got to understand it from a marketing strategy point of view, but I have Gen Zs who work for me and, you know, the way they see things and their expectations mm. of an employer is extremely different to yeah. a millennial or a Gen Y or, or anyone beyond mm. that. So, you know, we all have to actually take some time to get to know them and to understand that we can't treat everyone the same. We have to understand what those differences are, why they exist and work with them. Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. This show is all about helping you deliver e-commerce. Wow. And to do that, we are talking to the wonderful Claire Daniels today about how to market to the new Gen Z. Oh, yes, we're going to get into all of that with Claire, who is actually uh, Claire. It's fair to say you. this is the second podcast uh, you and I have recorded together. So it's like... It's like we're, we're kind of old hats at this now, right? Yeah, old friends. <laughs> uh, so, yes, well, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to have you on the e-commerce podcast uh, where we get to talk about all things e-commerce. Last time we, we were on the Push podcast talking about all things leadership and life. Now we're talking about e-commerce, getting into your, your, uh, your toolbox, as it were. But before we do that, let me, ladies and gentlemen, tell you a little bit about e-commerce cohort. Uh, e-commerce cohort is the sponsor of today's show. There's been a bit of an overhaul to e-commerce cohort recently. So if you've not checked it out, do check it out, ecommercecohort.com. Uh, a monthly membership group for all you fine e-commerce folks. Do come and join us in that. It is growing. It is expanding. It is doing some great stuff. And prices, I think, start now from $14.99 a month, which is cheap as chips. Uh, as we like to say here in the UK, uh, or I think it's like 18 bucks uh, if you're outside of the UK. Uh, but do come along, do come join us, check it out, ecommercecohort.com. Now, Claire, let me uh, read your bio here. It says that you, uh, I love I love the bio, uh, Claire Daniels is the Rockstar CEO, uh, and I'm expecting some music later, uh, Rockstar CEO of Trio Media, a Leeds-based digital marketing powerhouse that's all about shaking up the status quo for brands on the rise with a toolkit that includes everything from SEO wizardry to social media sorcery. Trio is your go-to for marketing magic. <laughs> it's just awesome. Uh, before taking the reins at Trio in 2018, Claire was a strategic marketing guru leading tech teams like a true boss. Oh yes, Claire, great to have you on this podcast. Thank you for joining me. How are we doing? Thanks, Matt. I'm doing great, thank you. And I should probably add, I didn't write that bio, so I appreciate what your team have done there <laughs> with, with what they gave, um, what we gave you. Because yeah, um, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no, it used to be, and to be fair, we still do this on occasions. People would give us bios, and we'd just read them out. Um, it depends how busy we are. But Sadaf has taken recently to rewriting guest bios um, to be a little bit more fun and frivolous. Uh, and I'm, I'm quite enjoying reading them. And I don't read the bios until we actually do the podcast recording. So that was the first time I'd seen it. And I just I just smile every time. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. So uh, we are talking about marketing to Gen Z or Gen Z, I suppose, if you're outside of the UK. Right. And um, let's get into that. Let's jump into it. So how did you get involved in um, marketing to this particular niche clientele? Well, for us, ultimately, as a marketing agency, we're working with businesses in a whole range of industries. We're using data to produce strategies and look at what's going to work for our clients um, and also using platforms that become favoured by some audiences over yeah. others. Um, and being in the digital marketing space, obviously, TikTok has massively over the past two to three years taken a huge chunk of the social media pie. Um, and predominantly, that is made up from people within the Gen Z demographic, not, not solely, you know, and we really encourage people with target audiences outside of that age bracket that TikTok is definitely still for them as a marketing yeah. platform. 
but it led us to really look at what is it that is different about Gen Z from previous generations and what makes them tick with marketing because there are quite a lot of changes now you know there really has been a shift in consumer expectations the way technology and social media and all of that is used so we just kind of doubled down on that both with helping our clients but also trying to help and educate other people by using data platforms that we have available to us to really look at the insights and help produce strategies that are really nailed on for what it is that is important to gen z Fantastic. Well, let's uh, before we jump into it, let's define um, uh, mainly if my wife is listening, let's define what Gen Z means, because I think we're all getting confused. Gen Z, uh, the Gen Z millennials. Um, yes. I, I know I'm a Gen X. I, that's like, as much as I can show my age now. Um, but so how do we define what Gen Z is? So Gen Z came after millennials. So I, I don't like that I'm a millennial, but apparently <laughs> I am one. Um, but Gen Z is typically anyone born between like the late 1990s up to early 2010s. So aged between around 11 to 26 kind of push you know and anyone younger than 30 um, and certainly when we're looking at anyone that can be influenced or make purchasing decisions that kind of 16 to 30 bracket mm-hmm. um, and some of the characteristics of that generation you know they're known for growing up with technology whereas you know i think for myself it technology happened as we were growing up but it wasn't yeah. Part of us in the same way it is now for the younger mm-hmm. generation um, and so they are extremely fluent with digital media with technology um, and also the access to information they have so they take on much more global perspectives um, and these certain issues that they are more concerned about like social justice and diversity and a lot of this feeds off that access to non-stop communication social media that that brings awareness to certain topics very good and so it is fascinating actually this idea of growing up uh, in an environment not just with technology but with the technology that is currently available so social media is probably the big one isn't it really um i remember when i was at university getting my first ever email address Right. This is uh, so I I did not grow up with any form of tech whatsoever. I was like, how old was I? Maybe 22, 23 before I got my first mobile phone. So it was it was all. And, and when I say mobile phone, I mean a mobile brick. Uh, <laughs> they weren't they weren't what they are now. And so it totally passed me by. And then my kids uh, who would be Gen Z. Um, have grown up in a very different environment. They were using iPads from, it was almost like they came out of the womb knowing how to swipe left, swipe right, and and, do you know what I mean? Do all that sort of stuff. And they've grown up in a very different environment. So they use technology, I think, in a very different way. Um, I try very hard to keep up, Claire, I'm not going to lie, but my kid's just way out there. I have no idea, no idea. Um, And so I, 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 I find it a really interesting group of people because they have been totally influenced by this whole thing um interestingly just as a total aside this is just me having a bit of a moan uh i I told my son the other day who's trying to do a few things i'm like why don't you just call that person and um and and have a conversation with them and and i can't i talk i talked to him later i think he's trying to organize accommodation for university i'm like just call them up and see what they say uh, here's the number. I even gave him the phone number to call. Uh, later, did you call them? No, I emailed them. Why didn't you call them? Go away. Have you caught? No, I text them. It's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, I grew up in a world when a telephone was tethered to a wall and you had a really long cord, uh, yeah. you know, and, and try and hide. You'd sit in the downstairs toilet trying to hide the it's conversation. The dial thing as well. Yeah. Where you're like, do like dial. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
yeah. Rotary does. There's going to be people listening to this show going, Matt, I'm totally with you. And then there's going to be people listening to this show going, Rotary Dial, what the heck are you talking about? Why would you have a phone put on a wall? I don't I get don't it. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it amazes me how much has changed in such a short mm. period of time. And I think, you know, especially for the Gen Z audience, add to that their experience through COVID, you know, like yeah. what you just about your son not ringing someone that like human interaction is not even first nature to them you know digital interaction is is what is their native language that they're always used to and then human face-to-face anything a bit more personal is is difficult and you know i think not that i'm going to get into this heavily but it's then linked with the rise in you know mental health issues mm-hmm. you know so much more prevalent in that audience but all of this i believe is you know intrinsically linked with the way that technology has just become so much part of their life that it's yeah. like first um and interestingly when I was in the car with some of my colleagues one day, we were driving to an event where I was going to be giving this presentation and we were talking all about Gen Zs and then we just ended up being like, oh, they're screwed, you know, and then it's like, oh, but here we are, how to market to them. <laughs> you know, but I think ultimately these, we've got to understand them and what makes them tick. Yeah, yeah marketing is is always going to exist people are going to need to sell promote products to to different generations but i do also think they have it tough but that's that's more kind of their place in the world right now and how they view the world um, and stuff like that is is very different and you see it in the workplace as well you know it, it affects me not just in the i've got to understand it from a marketing strategy point of view but i have gen z's who work for me and you know the way they see things and their expectations mm. of an employer is extremely different to yeah. a millennial or Gen Y or, or anyone beyond mm. that. So, you know, we all have to actually take some time to get to know them and to understand that we can't treat everyone the same. And we have to understand what those differences are, why they exist and work with them. Yeah, that's a very valid point because I think certainly very easy for people of a certain age, mainly myself, to... Um, to just complain because they are it is a very different generation certainly to the gen x generation that i'm uh, part of um and some of the things that we complain about are both are, are valid and some of them are not valid but the bottom line is you know they have gen z a bit like millennials grew up in a very different way to the way i grew up and you you have to get your head around the fact that that people think differently and work differently like you're saying we've got to get into that understanding if we're going to effectively effectively market to them so that's a really valid point so some of the things that you said that earmark this generation they've got a global perspective social justice mm-hmm. um diversity obviously social media's impacted them on a massive way and all of those things they've had their experience through covid human interaction is not their first interaction digital is uh, and obviously they've got there's a big the, the mental health is a bigger issue in the gen z than it is say in previous generations um there's a lot going on there um and so where do you start with all of that well it's about any marketing is always about understanding the customer first you Mm -hmm. know what is going to be important to these people i mean an exercise that we always do with new clients is our kind of own exercise we've created called top 20 reasons And we go through five reasons people buy from you, five reasons they don't, five reasons people come back, and five reasons they don't return. Um, So it it takes away, you know, we never just say to someone, oh, well, what are your USPs or what is it that you offer? It's like, what are the actual reasons that are important to people that make them buy from you so that you really get under the skin of the target audience? So. Like we would do, you know, doing something like that. So really getting to know who are these people, what do they value, what's important to them. And the reason why we do that is so that through our marketing, we can address any of the objections. You know, the reasons people don't buy may not be, in your mind, a valid reason for them not to buy, but it is the mm. reason they don't buy. And actually that could have been handled through more effective marketing um, or equally the reasons why people do buy from you making sure that that message is is really front and center so you know 
if it's a brand that actually is very socially conscious, a lot of people buy into that, say, for example, Patagonia, mm. you know, like, is it because they're creating brown graking clothes with some patterned fleeces, you know, and stuff like that, that are popular? Well, not really, but actually their morals, ethics, values as a business is what makes people want to buy into that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of understanding what is meaningful to people and then leaning to that and talk about it. Um, so that's really important. And so you may do it, you may address these challenges through your content, through imagery. You know, for example, we spoke about one of the points there is diversity. So actually if diversity is important and also I don't know the stats on this, but I would imagine that openly out people within the LGBTQIA plus and anyone I may have excluded there <laughs> in community, I imagine there's a lot more of that in the Gen Z demographic. Yeah. So, you know, if that is your target audience, you probably need to be a lot more open to embracing that, demonstrating that through your marketing and mm -hmm. that you're on board and you're inclusive um, you know, in any type of diversity, whether it is gender or race or beliefs, anything else, then a brand, if they're selling stair lifts, um, you know, they probably don't need to show that quite quite so much. Um, so it's it's understanding that and then and then showing it. I mean, besides those points that we just discussed, I actually have some data that we could dive into if you want. So um, sure. We, we use a platform called uh, GWI, Global Web Index, mm. uh, and it's got over 40,000 different data points that you can put in different age groups, et cetera, and find out all sorts about them. So we've pulled off some stats about Gen Zs. Um, so I've got how do they interact with brands? What are their favorite social media platforms? How do Gen Zs discover new brands? And stuff like that we dive yeah. into. And then also what you can do with that information. Mm -hmm. So shall I jump into Go, that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Loving this. I'm making lots of notes, <laughs> Claire. Yeah, good. People are going to be learning today. Um, <laughs> so in terms of the top five things that are voted for, there's a really long list, but in how Gen Zs interact with brands, um, the number one thing is I use discount codes or coupons. Then we've got I research a product online before buying it. I spend the time looking for the best deals. I am loyal to the brands I like. I tell my friends and family about new products. So we've got a few themes there, theme around yeah. price and being price conscious, mm -hmm. a theme around actually being quite bought into something so much so that you're loyal and you would recommend yeah. it to others. And then also making sure that you do your research before making a decision, um, which is quite interesting. Then what are Gen Z's favorite social media platforms? So TikTok is the top one. So that's 48.8% of Gen Z said TikTok was their favorite platform. Um, oh, wow. That's out of 19 million people um, surveyed. Um, then Instagram, then Snapchat, and then WhatsApp. And this data, for example, has been hugely important for us because uh, like we're working on a campaign at the moment with a tech company who have a platform that is for teachers but obviously the teacher age group is is quite wide and we're working with them on social media campaign both organic and paid mm. and we used this platform to go okay teachers what's their favorite social media platform and we facebook then went to number one because this is taking any age group okay then what we did was broke down teachers by age groups. So we found that actually we've got a really strong category of teachers, you know, that th 30 or less, you know, so they're just coming out of um, university. They're just starting out in teaching and they all voted TikTok as their most pop popular platform. Wow. So it helps us when we understand those audiences, you know, in the smaller segments to go, well, we need a strategy for TikTok for these type of people, but then we also need a strategy for Facebook and those strategies are then gonna be really different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so knowing what their favorite platform is, you can then start to think about, okay, so where am I gonna go spend time promoting what it is that we have through that audience?
um, also as well, like Snapchat being on there is an interesting one. Like we were working with a university and they were wanting to get in front of prospective students. And we then went forward with a idea around doing Snapchat ads as well and getting Snapchat content in front of yeah. that graphic. Whereas, you know, without the data really leading you in the right direction, you may just kind of always end up with a, okay, if we're doing social, it's going to be on Meta, we'll cover Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you know, but actually it's about really being able to be specific about what pl- platforms those audiences are using. Um, and even so, we've had people come in and do work experience here, all kind of between the ages of 18 to 21. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, I use WhatsApp. I use WhatsApp to talk to my family because mm-hmm. my family's all old and that's what they use. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't use WhatsApp to talk to each other. They use Snapchat yeah. to talk to each other or Instagram yeah. to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was away somewhere recently with a colleague and, um, you know, she, we were talking to some people and someone said, oh, can I have your Instagram? Um, and they exchanged Instagrams. I said, you do know that's the equivalent of someone asking for your number these days, um, you know, which yeah. she had no idea <laughs> because yeah. it's just recent. Um, but that probably goes back to that point about your son as well. You know, what, what good is having someone's number because they don't want to talk on the phone. Yeah. You know, they get your Instagram and they DM you. Yeah. So, yeah, really. Yeah, they do. It's really interesting. And my daughter, and, listen to, and the reason I'm laughing is because my daughter has WhatsApp. The only channels, the only group she's in are the family channels because we're all old, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and she she was texting a mate the other day and she was show, she showed me the text. I'm like, what, what what text thing is this? And she went, oh, it's Snapchat. I was like, okay, of course it is. Yeah, why would it not be? Uh, so <laughs> it's totally right. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, I'm, this is what I mean. I, I, if you're like me, you kind of think, man, I've I just got my head around Instagram, and yet there's all the. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've now got to figure out all these other things. Um, well, a lot of people are going, ah, oh, finally coming to terms with having to use TikTok, and then Threads arrived, and then yeah. Twitter changed to X, and then there's all sort of you know there's Be Real and all this type of stuff, but. TikTok for us is definitely the kind of lead platform for this generation because it does have the the most people. It on does. There. It's massive. It's interesting you talk about that because when Threads came out, I was like, well, okay, I'll go get my Threads account because mm-hmm. why would you not, right? Uh, and I've used it twice and I've never used it since. And so you know that there's going to be these things which sort of come and go a bit like what was the other one that came and went? Clubhouse, you know, with the yeah. uh, that was another famous one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Instagram seems to have stuck around. Obviously, Meta is Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook. Um, TikTok seems to have come on the scene and sort of hung around. My one reservation about TikTok at the moment is I'm not sure how America is going to respond to TikTok in the future um, mm. because, obviously, as things currently stand, it's owned by China pretty much, isn't it, TikTok? Yeah. Um, and so... I'm just not sure how long it will be because I know that there's been rumors, but whether it actually happens or not, I don't know about whether certain states, whether the whole of the states is just going to ban TikTok and then that's just going to kill the platform. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But as things currently stand, obviously, it's a super popular platform, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we shouldn't let any of that stop us from like right now, that's where people are. And, Mm. you know, I think there has been rumours about that for a long time and nothing's happened. And I think it, it has such a strong foothold that actually I would be surprised if something did change because of the amount of time people spend on the platform. I think as well, the way TikTok differs, I mean, they themselves, I did refer to them as social media platform earlier, but they would say, we're not a social media platform. We are a entertainment platform. Mm. That's how they position themselves. You know, you should come here to be entertained, spend a lot of time. It's it's not the first place you would go if you want to talk to someone. And mm-hmm. um, so it differs with that. And, you know, I don't know whether there'll be any kind of censorship that will start coming around, but, yeah, I think for now, it's where people are at. Let's let's yeah, join. embrace it. Yeah, yeah, join in. What okay. do you think? Um, what do you? Why do you think TikTok has resonated then with Gen Z specifically? Um, especially if you've got a lot of Gen Zs. I suppose you've got a lot of Western Gen Zs who are very globally aware and globally conscious, um, and you have got. 
uh, obviously nations like China, which is love it or hate it, right? There's 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 pros and cons to to, to China as a nation and what they're doing. Um, but you've got Gen Zs, like my daughter, my kids are very aware of China, very aware of human rights records and all this sort of stuff. So on one hand, they know that this is a Chinese platform, but on the other hand, they've sort of flocked to it. So I'm kind of curious why that just seems like an interesting juxtaposition to me, yeah. uh, to use but a fancy Everyone word. knows iPhones are made in China, but mm. everyone wants an iPhone. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I think there's you accept it if actually, well, you know, that's what I want, it's where I want to be. So it's almost a necessary evil that, mm. that you accept, isn't it? Um, I mean, really interesting question about why I think Gen Zs are drawn to it. And it made me think, so I remember, I mean, honestly, it must have been 14, 15 years ago, going to a conference um, about digital marketing and someone saying if the internet was recreated kind of today and kind of future from that time, it would be video first. And I couldn't mm. get my head around it. I couldn't picture, well, what do you mean the internet is just video? You know, because just thinking of like flat static web pages. Yeah. How would the whole web be video? But that's the kind of rationale of this is the direction that it would go. And yeah. then here we are, we have TikTok. You can't not play, like you open it and video is playing, like whether mm. you like it or not, you know, mm. it is just intrinsically video. As you said about your children, it's like they come out of the womb knowing about swiping. Everything about the way that platform has been built feeds into the way this generation we've created now expect to react mm. online with a device you know short attention span short bits of content swipeable content you know it's very clever in being able to very quickly learn what you're interested in show you more of that to keep you there you know I don't know if you could tell by the way I'm talking about it, but I am very much hooked on TikTok as well. Like, <laughs> if I go on TikTok before I go to bed, that's it. I've lost an hour of my life mm. um, because it keeps you on there. It sucks and, you in, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily that there's even a conscious decision about this is the platform for me. You know, it's just you go on and an hour later you're still there and then all yeah. of a sudden going on the next day the next day the next day because tiktok before being tiktok was an app called musically it was very much just about the um like lip syncing and dance moves and stuff like that it's only about you can access vid music and do these specific things and it didn't take off in the same way so you know when tiktok first started getting big in the past couple of years, everyone's gone, well, it's just a platform for lip syncing and dancing. It's like, well, actually it's not, because it's been around as that for about 10 years. Mm. And that was quite niche. Whereas, yeah, that's its heritage and a lot of people are still doing that, but the potential of what it had and how much more it could do is what has made it grow yeah. because of the algorithm. And you know the way it links, and, and obviously we'll get into some of this as well, but. TikTok shop, all of this stuff being able to be on there. Like you can see a very short video of someone influencing you. You can click and you can check out and buy it without ever leaving TikTok. Yeah. You know, like in the office every week, it's like, oh, here's my latest TikTok purchase. I was influenced and all the Gen Zs buying things off TikTok. So from that perspective, this is why it's an amazing platform for brands because the you know it's almost like you don't know it's happening to you mm. uh, you know and you're just being marketed to one of the things the when I first put this presentation together it was for a specific event and the previous presentation that I had been doing at the same series of events before I did the gen z, z piece was around conversion rate optimization and one of the platforms I spoke about was Amazon of you know look at how now how easy it is to check out and you know do you think they were struggling to make money before they brought in the one click checkout you know they weren't they were making mm -hmm. multiple billions billions whatever it is anyway 
but they still they brought in the one click checkout and they made even more money mm. because it took away thinking time mm. you know I, I can't even consider is this a good idea because i've already bought it you know so it's the same thing of this everything being one click away like so easy so quick that it's yeah. just there and, and that's the opportunity for marketers advertisers is to be able to put stuff on platforms like this that generation and they just buy it mm. you know without them really having to consider much else really powerful really powerful stuff well let's dig into it then let's um i'm just going to pull a random thing on my desk for some reason i have a torch um okay. not very uh, gen z to be fair because they've all torches on the phones now uh, but how would i how would i think about to, uh, marketing then on TikTok, say something like, or pick any product you'd like, Claire, if this is a bit random, but um, what, what are some of the things that I need to think about when approaching this platform? So the content is going to be the main thing. You know, you can't go, oh, if I go on TikTok, then just naturally because the audience is there, they're going to buy from me because if you don't create the type of content that they resonate with, that they want to see, it, it will mm. fall flat. So a term people may or may not have heard of, UGC, which stands for user-generated content. Yeah. This is really, really big on TikTok. And certainly for anyone that spends any time on TikTok, they will have noticed, because I definitely have, a convergence towards pretty much all ads are UGC. So right. it's someone another user on TikTok it doesn't have to be an influencer you know it can just be someone who has created their own TikTok video about your product and you take their video and you use that as an ad that is a really powerful way to get people to buy because you are not creating some polished sales video yeah. trying to tell people um, you know what to do or whatever else it's just it creates demand because it's like this other person they look like me, they sound like me, yeah. whatever it be, and, and they're telling me I should have this. So, you know, I want it as well. And you will just see tons of ads like that. But the good thing is, because actually when I was telling this to someone else, they were like, well, no, I don't. I don't see any ads. And I'm like, this is one of the other benefits of TikTok. The ad content is so native to the platform. Yeah. You really don't know that it's an ad so especially when you are looking at that user generated content or you even if you're not doing UGC anything super authentic not polished very real anything like that is is going to work really well so I would rather if someone had a product to sell just say to them you need to just get in front of the camera yourself and just talk through why you created it and why it's good and show it up all these type of things instead of oh we're going to create this we've got this idea and we're going to create this mm. you know fancy little mini advert whatever it, it's just tiktok isn't the place for that tiktok it will only work if it looks native like i say the native stuff is people creating their own content on there so if you've got a product to sell that's definitely going to be the you will get the best success on, on TikTok because you can link it up with TikTok shop. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, but it, it is it is a benefit to do that. Um, so you link it up with TikTok shop. People can just buy on TikTok, like I say, they don't even have to leave the platform. Yeah. Any details they signed up with, they're gonna auto populate. If you've got Apple Pay, anything like that, that's all gonna integrate as well. So you can check out really, really easily. Um but even if you don't have a product to sell, you know, you can link off. I mentioned about university, link off to a page to sign up or find out, download the prospectus or whatever it may be. So you can still do anything like that um, with ads as well. Um, and obviously a lot of what I've said there is around ads and people probably go, oh, it's maybe not the first thing they thought about on TikTok. The thing is just about the content creation and going viral and stuff like that, which yes that's nice but creating the recipe for going viral is so difficult and yeah. you know people should get away from thinking about that and instead 
typically most businesses we talk to ultimately the thing they're going to measure success on is sales so we're going to give them a strategy that will get them sales so that that is going to include an advertising strategy um but we do work with um some brands just creating organic content for tiktok as well um so we work with green chef who's part of the hello fresh group it's all their like vegan vegetarian stuff and we just film making meals and sharing the finished meal and you know regularly those videos get in excess of two million views per video because it's just giving people what they want you know Mm -hmm. they want see something satisfying something that looks real and it's all filmed on a smartphone you know there's no studio production and and all of this because it's it's what looks right and works for the platform so yeah get getting getting the content right and then pairing that with an advertising strategy um, is what's really going to help drive growth and sales if you use and tick target your audience well, there's a lot there. I'm definitely going to check. Was it Green Chef? I'm going to go check it out uh, and have a look at some of that because I, I see they're the kind of. If I'm on TikTok and I I, I limit myself to TikTok because, like you, I just get sucked into this universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're the kind of things that I see. The sort of the seven fifteen second videos where someone goes, you know, chops an onion, throws it in a frying pan. You hear the sizzle. Yeah. So you've got the the sound effects now are a big thing as well, aren't they? Um, You've got all of that. Fifteen seconds later, you've got a big dish or whatever it is, and you and you you're like, wow, I can. And then if I want to, I can dig in and find out a little bit more about it. I guess if I'm, I can see how that would work for Green Chef. If I go back to my torch example, because I'm just kind of curious. The things in my head then are unboxing videos would be quite good. Um, yes. Uh, just messing around at night, I suppose, showing how bright it is would be quite good. Yeah. Um, dropping it from a building and it not smashing because it's in this aluminium case would be all those kind of things isn't it that's the kind of thing you're talking about it's not a it's not a presentation going right three reasons why this torch will outshine your competition uh, reason number one uh, because no one's going to watch that right uh, it's not the old sort of sales uh, long form sales but it is very much 17 seconds just bang get it out there um, and recording that on your smartphone being super casual about it not looking for the high production value yeah i mean you say that there has to be i i well let me let me not make that a statement let me make it a question does there have to be at least some form of production value because i see a lot of these things that look like they have no production value but then i sit and think about someone thought long and hard about how to put that that was not an accident Do you know yeah yeah definitely you know when when i'm saying doesn't have to be kind of super polished it's in my mind i'm going you don't have to have a film crew it doesn't have to be filmed on a high spec camera um but you definitely have to think about what you're doing have a creative idea i mean you've just reeled off a number of creative ideas there obviously for your torch not everyone is naturally so creative that they could think of those but it's giving people that idea of you know it doesn't have to be hard. Like a torch is really boring and you've just thought of loads of fun ways mm. to show it. And that's, that's what TikTok's all about. The beauty of TikTok as well for a brand is unlike any other social media platform, the assets they make available to brands are unbelievable. So you can go into TikTok creative center and you could search for a torch and it will show you all the best performing videos to do with torches. You know, it can show you everything that's trending right now, trending influencers, trending hashtags, trending songs, trending video styles that you can copy, you know, so you don't have to be a creative to Mm. be able to actually start compiling a strategy of the type of content that that you should create. Um, But then, yes, equally, as much as I'm saying super easy, you just pick up your phone and film it. If it's really poor quality video if the audio is muffled anything like that that's not going to work as well you know it it definitely needs to be to a certain standard um of production but it just doesn't have to be you know what i would have considered five or six years ago if i was like my company needs a video what i was going to have to invest to get one video production that would go into it whereas now you know the challenge we have is well, we need to charge X for how much we're going to film. 
but actually the outcome is the client gets four 15 second videos, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> how much do they want to pay for that? Yeah, um, yeah. So it, it, it just does come to, it doesn't have to be a super resource heavy investment to get something, yeah. you know, that's worth you on there. So if I'm, if I'm say, you know, I've got my torch, I'm sold into TikTok. I've got a few ideas of things that I'm going to film. Um, is it a case of four videos is fine or is it a case of I have to do four videos a week and just constantly, you know, like the old blog post, you couldn't just write one. You had to just keep churning them out. I say old blog posts because people still do them. But do you know what I mean? It's that kind of, is there a, is there a consistency thing that I need to think about with TikTok? Consistency is absolutely the right word. So TikTok themselves say that to grow your channel, you should post at least three times a day. Oh, wow. Um, now, I take that with a massive pinch of salt and we don't advise that to anyone because that's just so out of reach for so many people. I think that works if you are a person, an influencer who wants to grow a channel and you can invest mm. all your personal time in it. But for a brand or a business, I think it's that quite often unachievable. Um, but what we have seen is the key is consistency. You know, if you post yeah. once a week, make sure you post once a week. You know, if you post once a week, then you have three weeks off. What you'll find is the one, the week you come back, you probably won't get seen as much as you were getting seen when you were posting yeah. consistently every week. So you definitely do have to commit to a kind of plan with it and make sure that you stick to that. And then there's also certain things around the advertising side as well. You know, you can't just produce one piece of collateral and that's your ad and that will just run. Your ads need to have constant new content added as mm. well. TikTok may serve anywhere between like three to seven different pieces of content for your ads at a time. Um, so if someone's seen one of your ads, they may then show them another one to try convert them and they want you to kind of refresh it at least every week. So that's more of a consideration if you're doing an ad to make sure you've got several pieces of content that can be used for part of that. Um, but that's very easy. You could take exactly the same content and just re-edit it, put it in different yeah. order. You know, or the, there's lots of ways you can do that without going, oh, that does that mean I have to have X amount of different creative ideas? No, you just have to have different yeah. videos. Um, so it, it, there's, there's ways of managing it all. Yeah, no, very, very fair point. And in fact, I uh, uh, did a, a podcast with Amelia Coombe. Uh, did listen if you want to check out more on that strategy that um, Claire just mentioned. Amelia digs into that a little bit. Um, so I've, I've, <laughs> I'm obviously having to, if I'm invested in TikTok, I've got to be in it. I can't just dip my toe. I've got to put a mixture of organic content out there, add specific content and, and, and somehow make all of this work. Um, just dig into, you mentioned the TikTok Creative Center, just dig into what that is a little bit for people that might not know. And is it something that you have to, you know, do a secret handshake to get into? No, absolutely not. If you've got a business account, you can get into there. Um, you can also, there's, there's lots of things to know with TikTok. So typically, Brands may prefer to have a personal account rather than a business account because the access to music is limited on a business account. Mm. However, a business account is going to give you the features like TikTok shop and advertising. So there's pros and cons that you may want to weigh up and you can change at different times. So you may prefer if you're going down more of an organic strategy initially to keep your profile personal because you're able to jump on a lot more trends with having mm. the full library of videos and music available to you. But then when you want the business features, you may go that in direction. Mm -hmm. You can also advertise on TikTok and have a business account without having a TikTok page with content on. We would always recommend that you do have that, yeah. but you can get started with a business account without needing to set up a profile. So a few things there to consider. But yeah, if you've got a business account, you can log into the Creative Center. So I've just opened it up in front of me, just talking through it. So this section called Inspiration, you can look at the top ads and all of that can be filtered by country, mm. uh, by date, lots of different filters to make it specific to you so you can see what's performing well. So we always look at that if we're starting a new ad strategy for a client. Again, as, as I said earlier, like we were looking at data 
we aim to take the guesswork out of anything. Like we're pretty sure we know what works, but let's look at the data. So whilst we have some amazing ideas, well, let's see what ads have been performing well. So you can have a look through all of that. You can look at keyword insights. So we are seeing that TikTok is growing as a search platform as well. And it's getting mm. a lot more linked with SEO and search results. So you can have a look at keywords um, and hashtags and what is performing well, what you should get on board with. Um, you can look for creative ideas and um, top selling products. Um, then in terms of what's trending, you can look at trending hashtags, trending songs, trending creators, trending TikTok videos. You can download trend reports that give you different perspectives on things. Um, you can also create videos in Creative Center. It's got a lot of creative tools, um, video editor, template mm. as well. And you can download creative strategies in there. It's so, so worth anyone who is already using TikTok but doesn't know how to use it properly for their marketing efforts or is thinking of getting involved, just go and spend some time on Creative Center. Like it's honestly yeah. brilliant, the the access to resources that they give you. And also probably worth mentioning, because seeing as this chat is about Gen Z, not just about TikTok, when we were doing the piece on Snapchat, Snapchat had very similar. So if you sign up for a Snapchat business account, they have a great creative center and you can get a lot of insights similar to what we could go and pull off GWI. We could go look on Snapchat and it'll tell us, um, right, if we want to look at an audience between this age range, what are their interests? Mm. What type of content do they engage with? All of this stuff. So you can start getting a really clear idea and shaping your marketing strategy around content that is really readily available to you um, you know so for tiktok in their top 10 interests we can filter that down specific to gen z so the number one interest in tiktok content for gen z's is gaming so right. gaming first um, then food and then kind of within there, within the top 10 as well you've got things like fitness and wellness content skincare um, lots of gaming stuff actually and lots of skincare stuff um, and yeah food food and drink so you can start seeing what it is that they're already doing and then yeah. you know that's what I need to go and create and produce yeah. wow that's awesome top advice uh, there uh, how long do you think it would take uh, for someone who's never really done TikTok never really done Snapchat but goes, actually, a big chunk of my audience is, is Gen Z. I need to go get my head around this. How, how, how much time investment do you think is involved in, in learning about these two platforms? Is it, an, is it a case of you'll pick it up in an hour? Is it a case of, yeah, you've you got to set aside a month in your diary, mate? Um, I don't think that much time. I think because, you know, if you go and just actually study the resources, study the platform, I do think it would be beneficial if you have someone within the demographic if you want to use it because you want to target gen z speak mm. to your gen z people you know they'll they'll tell you how they're using that platform what they like don't like you know if you don't have access to the data that we have you can still find out oh well how are you interacting with brands mm. on there yeah. and maybe we should do that um you know so a couple of days would would probably be sufficient to give yeah. yourself time to look through the resources and, and get to know it. And then it's just about building out a, a strategy to produce the content. But to give you an idea, I mean, we've just um, brought on a new client who, I mean, it, it's not targeting Gen Z, but they're going with TikTok and TikTok is a very new platform for them. And we're going to do like within a month, we'll have produced a full strategy for them that includes all the data, what they should do, who we're targeting, the type of content. And then we're doing a quarterly filming day. So we'll spend one full day getting content that will feed us for a quarter right. um, you know, content to post. And that will be for both their ads and organic. Right. So if you can set aside the time or work with an agency who can do that for you, um, then, you know, it's, I think the unknown often makes it seem more out of reach and like yeah. a deal if you've not got involved in it yet, but I'd say just rip the bandaid off, get involved. Um, and it's, it's not as hard as you might think it would be. So uh, let's talk cost then, because, 
Um, I mean, if you if people are listening to the show, been around a while, they've they'll have some understanding of costs involved with advertising on Meta. They'll have some understanding of costs involved in advertising on Google, um, and the corresponding conversion rates and what Google brings in typically, what you know Meta is going to bring in typically. How does say TikTok and Snapchat? How do those platforms compare, say, with Meta? A lot cheaper. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would still probably assign the same budget, but we can do more with the budget. I don't have any specific examples. I'm trying to think, but I, it's that paid media team that run it because I would love to give you one of like cost for acquisition um, on some of the campaigns we're running. Mm. But you can definitely get a lot more for your money on TikTok than you can on Meta. Okay, so definitely worth looking at. And in terms of funnel. Right. So everyone talks about, um, you know, the different stages of their funnel, the awareness section, the, you know, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. We use a lot on Meta, don't we? Um, TikTok, Snapchat, where where is that aiming in terms of are we brand awareness? Are we I mean, you've talked about doing direct conversion ads. Are we where are we doing all of them on these platforms? What, what's your thinking on that? Yeah, definitely. It depends on the strategy. So for some people, if it's brand awareness and it's about we just need to create lots of fun content, be seen by lots of people, you know, we may be looking to raise awareness, but it could be something that is not a physical product to check out. So we want people to know about us, but it's not going to be the place that they're really going to transact. Whereas for other companies, it absolutely could be the place that they can transact with that checkout feature on TikTok shop. So it is going to depend on the business. We would, you know, um, approach that on a strategy by strategy basis, but it can serve for all funnel. Right. So all the stages of the funnel are yeah. okay on these platforms. Yes. Uh, fascinating. Can you... Uh, I know that people who listen to the podcast don't always sell physical products, right? So they're not always selling torches, for example. Maybe they're selling digital products like a course, you know, how to learn the piano in 30 days or or whatever, you know, is going on. Um, Does that, I I kind of know the answer before I ask the question. Let me ask it anyway. Um, Digital products on TikTok as well as physical products, I assume we can advertise both? Absolutely, yeah. We are, we are doing at the moment. Okay. And would you, I'm kind of curious, Claire, you obviously have your um, marketing agency, Trio. Um, I'd, <laughs> I'm showing my age. I'm really sorry. But every time I use the word Trio, I've got, um, there's TV, an old, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've got that in my head. <laughs> the old TV commercial. Um, yeah. Would you advertise or promote your agency on TikTok? Yeah, I mean, we have done a TikTok ad before um, for us and we are active on TikTok. So, I mean, we haven't been the consistency thing. We're struggling (laughs) at for ourselves. Um, But absolutely. And there's a lot of agencies on there producing content. And, you know, it, it comes down to what your strategy is so for example for us with social media we have a specific strategy well we have a motto for social media if you either want to work with us or for us Mm. that is how someone should feel engaging with us so we're using it both for engaging with prospective clients but also engaging with prospective employees and that's what social media works really well for for us so we very rarely have to even advertise a job because people see us and what we're doing on social media and are approaching us saying, oh, my God, you, you look mm. so full. Mm. Have you got any jobs going? Mm. Um, you know, so that's that for us is a win and is worth the investment. So even if we're not selling something, we're not going, oh, well, did we win a new client off it? Well, no, but we, we recruited a load of great people off the back of it so um, you know that's one of our strategies and it's what it works for that's really interesting because yeah i mean we've spent the whole last however long 45 minutes or so chatting about how to win sales and customers Mm -hmm. on things like tiktok but if you're uh, from the agency point of view what the thing that you've drawn out there about recruitment using social media and obviously if you're in recruitment and you're looking to recruit gen z then being on tiktok and uh, Snapchat makes an awful lot of sense, and I, I, 
So that's the flip side of it, actually, isn't it? It's, it? It helps you bring in great people to your company. You're attracting top talent because of what's going on. So, um, and again, uh, I hope you don't mind me asking the question. I'm kind of curious how you do it internally. Is it just you because you're the, the owner? Is it everybody in your social media team has the same password on their phones and everyone's throwing content out? Um, because I think it's... Uh, it, I've seen e-commerce brands do it in multiple different ways. Do you know what I mean? In mm. terms of the, yes, we can go batch film some ads and spend a day doing that. But that sort of day-to-day -day stuff, I'm, I'm kind of curious how, how you do it and how you've seen it done well. Yeah, it's rarely me. Um, it's most often the Gen Zs in the office who want to create some TikToks. And I'm like, yes, please do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually think it should be me more. Mm. So, you know, I engage in a lot of content that is like business owners, business founders, marketing leaders, sharing insights and thoughts. So I, ideally what I believe our strategy should be, you know, don't shoot me mm. that we're not doing it, but if, if anyone else is to be taking advice, I should probably sit down once a month and create loads of short little videos that we could put out throughout the month, sharing industry tips, knowledge, advice. You know, we've spoken about so many insightful things today i should be sharing all of that on tiktok like mm. you've got something to say share it with people um, and then equally still having the side where the team are sharing fun things of what's going on you know it, it doesn't have to be because you might find you'll see certain tiktok videos that you see time and time again from the same person like more of the same because you watched one of their videos and you see the same thing but then you go on the channel and you realize you've got loads of other content but that's not showed to you because that's not what you engaged with. So what TikTok's really great for is you can have different streams and you know themes of content without mm. it going, oh well, but this is for one audience, that's for another. Because, you know, if I was putting out a lot of educational stuff, it would serve that to the people who would be interested in that. Mm. We could still have the team putting up silly stuff and days in the life, things they're doing in the office, and that would be served to the people that liked that type of content. So yeah, in an ideal world, we would create a lot more, but we just put so much effort into our clients' TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. saved, well rescued yeah. at the end there. It's yeah. like, um, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, my e-commerce websites are always the last websites I, I work on because you're so busy yeah. doing, uh, you, and you just sit there and you just think, oh, I should do this on ours. Um, yeah. You know, we're too busy doing clients or we're too busy in I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they always used to say, isn't it, about your builder. Your builder comes around. Don't ever go around their house because it'd be a right mess. Uh, well, not... my husband is a builder, so I say that all the time. I'm like, <laughs> you know what to say? I mean, I'm living in a house renovation. Right. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just got used to it it was why you spend a lot of time at the office it's fine yeah. uh claire listen this has been uh awesome and i'm sure a lot of people are interested uh to find out more and if they do if they want to connect with you maybe got some questions maybe even want to talk to you about getting your agency to work for them what's the best way to get a hold of you so to reach out to me direct, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Claire Daniels. Um, or if you want to get in touch with Trio, find out more about what it is that we do. The website is trio-media.co.uk. Trio-media.co.uk. And if you do get hold of a Claire, uh, if you do get hold of a uh, Claire, if you get hold of Claire, make sure you go trio. Yeah. <laughs> 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 forward yeah. slash tree no. I don't get it <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the same people that go hang on you had a phone stuck to the wall <laughs> still, still scratching there uh, yeah sorry it's uh, very very different but listen Claire thank you so much for joining us we will of course link to Claire and uh, the website uh, and all the social media stuff in the show notes which you can get along for free at ecommercepodcast.net and if you sign up to the newsletter obviously they will be coming to your inbox automatically to you click away connect with Claire on LinkedIn on Snapchat or whatever platforms you, you prefer I'm sure Claire would love to talk to you um, but yeah Claire thank you so much for joining us it has been an absolute treat oh yes it has Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
Oh, no, it's been great. It's been great. So there you have it. Another fantastic conversation lined up uh, on e-commerce podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. It helps us reach more people. And of course, you get it all direct to your phone, no doubt, uh, free automatically. All these things come. Make sure you also check out e-commerce cohort. Like I say, some really interesting things come in there, some new developments. I'm going to be sharing those with you over the coming weeks. We're very excited by them. But check out ecommercecohort.com. All that's left to say is, thank you, Claire. That's it from me. That's it from Claire. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no, I need to do that. You can tell, Claire, I've been away for a little bit because I, I almost forgot to do the okay. ending. Yeah, rewind. yeah, just rewind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in case no one has told you yet today, dear listener, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Claire has to bear it. I've got to bear it. You've got to bear it as well. Whew, phew. Professional <laughs> to the end. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.